Welcome to Building the Future. I'm your host, Kevin Hark. You can check out new episodes of the show every Tuesday and Thursday at 2 p.m. If you missed an episode or want to get more information about the show, please visit buildingthefutureshow.com. Season 1 of the TV version of Building the Future is now streaming online at buildingthefutureshow.com. Welcome back to the show. Today we have Matthew Marcus, Executive Director at Kansas City Startup Foundation and co-leader of the Kansas City Startup Village. Matthew, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Kevin. Yeah, I'm excited. I think what you how the whole kind of Startup Village kind of came together... Um, it was kind of a really fascinating story for me and, and kind of why I really wanted to have you on the show, but maybe kind of before we get into that, let's get to know you a little bit better and maybe start off with where you grew up. That sounds great. Yeah. Um, so I'm, uh, I'm gr- grew up in Kansas city. I'm, I was actually born in the Southwest in Santa Fe, New Mexico, but my parents relocated to Kansas city very early on. I think I was one or two years old. Gotcha. Um, so the majority of my... Yeah, majority of my upbringing was in was in Kansas City, and um, you know it's uh, been a great place to to be raised and to grow up. Um, I did some traveling along the way and lived abroad in various places, but I've always called Kansas City home. Sure. So, what did you kind of take in university? Yeah. So, kind of a funny background on that. So, for some reason, for a kid really from the Midwest, I fell passionately in love with the ocean. I've always been okay. just enamored by the ocean. And so, um, you know, as I had to kind of make decisions of, you know, where I was going to take studies after high school, I thought, oh, I'll be an oceanographer. Sure. Um, of course, uh, I started looking at, at schools around the country and, and coastal regions, and uh, the costs uh, were far higher than that of uh, in-state tuition. And so my, my parents kind of said, well, you know, we're happy for you to go to any of these schools, but it's going to cost you a lot of money. We've saved a little bit enough for you to go in-state, um, but not so much out-of-state. So I kind of started to re-strategize, and I thought, you know what else I like to do is computers. I've just always been enamored by computers and, and electronics and stuff. And so uh, I got my degree in computer science at the University of Kansas, rock chalk. Sure. No, that's awesome. So was there kind of something growing up that kind of drew you to computers or, and like, or what was that moment where you were kind of like, Ooh, I really like this kind of stuff. You know, I think it was, uh, it probably started with the Atari. Sure. Um, and, uh, I think I had one of those early on and I just was fascinated by, you know, this, this digital game of, I think it was even Pong or Berserk or something like that. Uh, but I just really enjoyed it. And I think, um, you know, my first computer was an Apple IIc. Sure. Um, and it ran, um, it, it allowed you to do some minuscule programming. And maybe it was at school that I kind of learned basic. Uh, it might have been like at a computer camp type course. And I just thought it was so cool that you could plug in like these words and these numbers and stuff and then hit go. And it, like magic would happen, you know, totally, graphics yep. would happen. And so, and so I just was like, this is, this is really neat. Uh, and then I think the, the problem-solving element of programming really kind of stuck out to me. I was always kind of a tinker and a, and a you know, a, a kind of a MacGyver, if you will, trying to solve things. And, sure. and this was a digital way of doing that. Well, that's awesome. So you graduate university. What did you end up doing? Did you go start working right away or, or kind of walk me through that? Yeah, I did. So uh, I graduated uh, in 96 and then relocated from Lawrence back to Kansas City. And 
got a job with a large telecommunications company that's headquartered here in KC and, okay. you know, and worked kind of happily for uh, about a year and a half, maybe two years. And then uh, I, that's when kind of the disillusionment began for me okay. <laughs> as, a, as a young adult. Okay. So at and, what, no, go ahead. Sorry. Well, well I, I can, I can expand upon that if you'd like. Or we sure. Can yeah. I'm kind of curious to know like how you kind of got to kind of the startup village. Oh, yeah. So, well, I mean, essentially what happened is, you know, here I am working, I'm in Kansas City, and I started to feel that, you know, there was so much more out there. Uh, I, I felt like I was kind of living a sheltered life. Okay. Um, my, whole, my whole life up to that point was in and around Kansas. Uh, okay. You know, I'd done a little bit of traveling in various states and stuff with my parents and whatnot growing up. But I just thought, you know, there's got to be more out there. And I started to think, how can I spread my wings? And I, at first I thought, well, I'll just move west. Uh, you know, I play a lot of Ultimate Frisbee, and I was really heavy into the Ultimate Frisbee community then. And Boulder, Colorado has a fantastic Ultimate team, so I thought I'll move that way. And then I realized, I think i got to get out of the United States and see what the world has to offer. And um, I ended up selling all of my stuff and bought a one-way ticket to Australia and packed a backpack full of clothes and just, you know, headed south. Sure. And, uh, one of the best moves I've ever made in my life. Sure. So how long were you in Australia? So I backpacked for about six months, okay. uh, ended up in Sydney, and uh, kind of was, was faced with the decision of do I go home or do I, you know, see where else this road can take me. And I ultimately decided to stay down there, and I got a job doing programming and, and connected with their ultimate Frisbee community and, and really just built a whole another life uh, in, a, in a foreign country. Interesting. For about, I, yeah, like another year and a half. So about two years total, that stint. Um, but there were several following that sure and then what made you kind of come back to the states in kansas city well so as the story goes you know i stayed down there for a while i came back to kansas city after about a year and a half just because i could have stayed in australia quite honestly forever um i just fell in love with it but i kind of wanted to put life back into perspective a little bit and see friends and family so i came back home realized that I wasn't done traveling. I wanted to see more. So I backpacked Europe for about a year. That's awesome. Um, had a great time. Yeah. Another fantastic, I can't, I can't express how much travel really does uh, impact and, and change one's life, uh, especially the views. But uh, did that, came back home. Um, that's when I kind of got in, introduced to the startups and stuff and, and what that was about. So I ended up moving to San Francisco um, where I thought, oh, I'm going to get a job with, you know, one of these startups. And um, ultimately, I didn't because it was a dot-com bust at that time. But I did get a very cool job with a, uh, a really fun magazine publishing company. Um, and ultimately, just realized that San Francisco wasn't Sydney. I thought it would be a replacement for it. But you know, Sydney is, in Australia is just kind of a unique place in its own right. And so made my way back to Australia uh, for a few more years. And then, uh, for some reason, managed to find a Canadian girlfriend who uh, right. relocated <laughs> me to Vancouver. Yeah, she, she, she wanted to go back to Canada, so we moved to Vancouver, Canada, uh, and I lived there for several years, and then my mother fell ill with breast cancer, and I, you know, I'm an only child and wanted to be at her side and really help her out, and so that's what brought me back to Kansas City, and kind of the rest is, is history. Sure. So, um, yeah, so then kind of walk me through, you came, you, you're back in Kansas, how did you kind of get the, the village kind of started? 
Yeah, so I guess just kind of the precursor to the village. Uh, so here I am in Kansas City. I'm building a life. I'm kind of doing a little sole proprietorship and doing a little web development, kind of my own little consulting practice. Sure. Um, and an American expat who I had met in Vancouver reaches out to me uh, and says, hey, um, you know, I've got this idea for a startup company. We need a chief technical officer. Are you interested? And he proceeds to explain to me uh, what eventually would become Kula Causes, the first startup that myself and he co-founded. Sure. And I said, yeah, great. This, this checks all the boxes. Let's do it. Um, we were originally going to base it in Munich, Germany. So I went over there for about a month with him and a few others. And, and we ultimately decided that wasn't the right market. So we ended up basing it in Denver uh, slash Boulder. And I spent you know, a couple of years building that, uh, kind of going back and forth between Colorado and, and Kansas. And then uh, when I finished with that startup, I relocated back to Kansas City. And I was really kind of in a lost situation because, you know, Kula Cause was my first startup. And I, I thought that was the end-all, be-all. I thought this is the thing that's going to take me to the promised land. And sure. uh, when it kind of ended abruptly, I was very confused and, and lost into what was next. And um, that's when the, the, the serendipity of, of my involvement with Kansas City startup community and, and the village began. Okay, interesting. So, I so you okay? So you're doing this startup. At what point, or how did you decide to kind of like okay, like let's set this thing up? Yeah. So, um, so here I am back in Kansas City. Um, I figure, okay, there's got to be some startup, something happening here. So somehow I ended up on meetup.com. Um, found one startup event, led me to another one. Uh, I end up meeting um, some other people in the community and a guy who would become my future business partner. Uh, his name is Adam Arredondo. And he, at the time, he was kind of the darling child of this very nascent Kansas City startup community. Gotcha. Um, and we had, a, yeah, we had a pretty quick friendship. And he instantly said, you got to go to this event. You got to go here. You got to start going to all these really neat things. And so I just kind of did what he told me to do. Um, you know, again, we eventually became business partners and it was at that time when, um, you know, I, I guess I should backtrack a little bit. So my mother ends up passing away in 2010 oh, sorry about uh, that. and she was a, well, thank you. I, I appreciate that. She was um, a, a very connected individual with the community, especially the interior design and antiques community in Kansas city. Got you. And so there's this. Yeah, there's this small part of town in Kansas City. Um, it's called the uh, Historic Hanover uh, Heights Arts and Antiques District. And she had a building very close to the center point of this small commercial district where she based her interior design and antiques business. So, of course, as an only child, I inherited this building. Um, her, her assistant carried on the business for a little while but decided ultimately to move on. So I had this vacant building. I moved back to Kansas City and I think I got to put this to use somehow. I mean, it's just sitting here doing no justice to the community or myself or anyone. Sure. So I put, yeah, so I put a for rent sign in the front yard and that's kind of when I start to get, you know, connected to Adam and I start to figure out what this startup community is all about. And then, uh, you know, the, the real start begins uh, with the village story when Mike Farmer, who was a CEO and founder of a startup at the time called leap.it uh, he's operating in the same kind of antiques district, just in a small office space. Okay. He sees my friend sign and reaches out to me and says, hey, uh, you know, I've got a tech startup company. Uh, we just closed some funding. Uh, I'd like to bring my regionally based uh, development team under one roof. You know, how would you feel about renting your antique house to a tech startup? Now, of course, he has no idea that I'm a tech startup guy myself. Sure. 
So this That's is where awesome, serendipity starts. To... Yeah, it was a, it was a really magical moment because I I got really excited on the phone. I said, "Dude, like I'm a startup guy. This is amazing." Uh, so we quickly you know agreed upon a, a, a means to get him into the house, and it was shortly thereafter. I mean, probably within a week that I ended up joining Adam Arredondo's startup uh, tech startup company. And of course, we needed office space, and so uh, we ended up taking the basement of, of my house along with Leapis, who took me upstairs, and we brought another startup with us. Uh, so all of a sudden, we had a house full of three startups just, you know, doing their thing. That's awesome, and it sounds like this is within like weeks or maybe like a couple months of time. By the time you had the third one, oh, yeah, we, weeks. So that literally, we had three startups in that house within probably a week, maybe two. That's awesome. And the ironic part which really gives the village its, its, its flavor and flair is as that's happening, you know, Mike jumps across the street, moves into my house. He tells some startup buddies, Hey, I'm moving out of this office space. You guys should come over here. It's a really neat space. So two more startups move into that space. And meanwhile, while this is happening, there's this gentleman named Ben Barrett, who's just a local web developer who gets this kind of harebrained idea that, hey, Google Fiber chose Kansas City. This is pretty magical and special. Um, you know, and Kansas Cityans are so hospitable and Midwesterns are so nice that I'll bet you they, people would open up their homes and give literally rent-free living uh, in spare bedrooms and closets and attics to entrepreneurs from around the country who would want to come to Kansas City and literally plug into Google Fiber to create just awesome stuff. And um, so he, uh, you know, it's a longer story, but he ends up creating this Homes for Hackers program That's and awesome. ends up buying a house three houses away from my building, uh, unbeknownst that I even had a building here or that any of this was happening. Interesting. So, uh, yeah, so we ended up meeting Ben at a One Million Cups, uh, which, is, which at the time was just only in Kansas City and, and very early in the program. And, you know, we discover, oh, I got a house over in State Line. Oh, I got a house. And so, boom, all of a sudden you had three properties with this startup activity, and, and that's when it really started to, to happen. That's awesome. I, I love that story, and I think like it's, it's inspirational, right? Because there's a lot of cities that don't have kind of a, a, a village or a little startup community, right? And the fact that you guys just kind of almost a little bit by accident ran into each other, right, through networking and kind of just being involved in the community – put together something really great, and then it just happened to line up that Google Fiber was came to Kansas City as well right around the same time? Yeah, it was exactly at that same time. Uh, in fact, the building that I owned was the first uh, house in the world to get Google Fiber. Really? The first public installation. That's yeah. That's awesome. So, uh, so did you yeah, guys... That was a, I got, I, oh, I go got ahead, to tell sorry. that story because it was, it, it was it's quite a humorous story. So, sure. Um, Google, Google Fiber contact me and said, hey, we've got your installation date. We're going to come down and install your house um, on November 12, 2012. Did you reach out and, to them uh, or they reached out to you? So they reached out to me. So the way the whole fiber thing works is, you know, you had, they, they broke up Kansas City into different fiberhoods and, and each fiberhood had to reach a certain goal in order to for everyone to qualify to get Google Fiber and our, our fiber had qualified like in five minutes. It was the quickest of all. Okay. And so I think that led them to say, hey, let's install this, this one first. And it probably helped that the Google Fiber space, kind of the public um, facing space for Google Fiber is literally in the village down the street. So, okay. so that was probably pretty helpful. <laughs> sure, but, that's um, awesome. 
Yeah. So, you know, I guess just leading up to this story. So, you know, we, we were seeing Google Fiber installing literally fiber in our neighborhood. I mean, they had the contractors stringing up fiber on the, on the telephone poles and, and connecting house, you know, putting up stuff into the houses and just doing all their work. Sure. And, you know, I realized, you know, many of us realized at the time, like, the, the world is literally watching Google Fiber do this for the first time, but the, most of them are watching from like a 30,000 foot view because they're, they're nowhere close. You know, they're somewhere else in the country or world. Totally. Yeah, it's happening in our back. It's happening in our backyard. So we started to blog about it. We started to take photos daily and started to chronicle like everything that we saw and just kind of tell the world, hey, check out what's happening. That's really cool. And so, um, yeah, yeah. So Google, you know, just just generally contact me and said, Hey, we've got your installation date to, um, to install Google fiber. And so, um, so it said, great. And, uh, and we decided we were going to live stream the installation uh, oh, because again, cool. no one had seen Google. Yeah. No one had seen Google fiber actually getting installed. And so, uh, we announced to the world, Hey, you know, tune in at this time. We had our exact time when they were going to come to install. And we said, watch our live stream. We're going to show you what, what it's like to get Google fiber installed. Well, of course, Google Google Fiber's team and the Google execs caught wind that we were going to do this. Sure. Well, literally, literally, they hadn't they hadn't at the time even publicly announced to anyone that they were starting installation. They were already booking times before they had actually announced, "Hey, we're installing." Interesting. And they were actually having a um, a public um, media event on November thirteenth, two thousand twelve. Okay. And so, literally, we were we were kind of trumping their event by live streaming the installation <laughs> so uh so they they reached out to me and said hey you know we realize what you're doing we think it's pretty cool but do you mind if we postpone your installation date by one day we'll invite you to the media event as being the first house to get google fiber we'll kind of have the press there and all that stuff and then we'll all literally walk down the street to your house and watch google fiber get installed everybody and you can live stream it and do all that stuff so of course that was a no-brainer sure um, <laughs> so we awesome. so we did it and it it was a hell of an event. I mean, literally, this poor guy who was installing Google Fiber, he had probably four microphones from four different TV crews. <laughs> uh, you know, and, and literally the Google execs from Mountain View kind of watching him every move, every step in the background to kind of, you know, see how he did. He, he, he was a rock star. I mean, he nailed it. But it was just such an exciting event to, for everybody involved. Sure, that's that's awesome. Is there a video somewhere of that install some that people could look at? Oh, absolutely. Um, if you there's a we have a press page um, on the KCSB website, KCSB Startup Village website. You can scroll down. You'd have to scroll down quite a bit because we've had press sent. But sure. uh, like, there's definitely three or four videos from TV crews that that recorded the action. Um, and you, it's, it's pretty humorous. <laughs> yeah, no, that's awesome. I think some people would like to check that out, right? Oh yeah. It's, it's quite a, it's quite a hoopla. That's for sure. sure. So, all right, you get Google fiber, you have a bunch of startups in, in the house and kind of the little community. Um, at what point did you guys decide like we should call this a startup village? Yeah. So that gentleman, Ben Barris, uh, he sent the now famous email to kind of five or six of us, the, you know, the early startups that were there on September 30th, um, 2012. Okay. And this was, of course, before we had Google Fiber, but he kind of, he, he realized what was happening before it was happening. Sure. And he said, guys, like something really cool is happening here. We got three properties with startup activity. We got Google Fiber coming along the way here shortly. 
like this really could become a national hotspot for uh, for attention and startup activity in Kansas City. Sure. You know, we should do something about this. And we kind of said, yeah, you know, he's right. Let's do something about it. So we got together, broke out some beers and chips and salsa or pizza or whatever we had. And we literally just kind of, you know, brainstormed and, and eventually came up with the name. Let's well, call it the Kansas City Startup Village. And, um, and that's what we did. And we came up, you know, we had this guy design a logo for us. And then we threw up a website. And then literally it was like, well, what do we do now? Um, because at the time, none of us had any really... Um, startup community building experience or, or knowledge or really any insight of what we were doing. And so we just thought, well, let's just invite more entrepreneurs to join us because it's, it's more fun to drink beer with 10 people than two people, you know? Sure. And, um, and so we did. We just kind of told Kansas City, we said, hey, you know, we've got this little startup village over here. If anyone wants to come join us, like rent a house, buy a house, get a commercial space and, and join the fun. And boom, it, you know, it took off, uh, especially when the media caught wind of what was happening. Sure. I, I love that. So what's the difference between the Kansas City Startup Foundation and the village? Yeah. So fast forward a few years, you know, here we've got this village, the, the media's taken wind, all of a sudden a lot of exposure, a lot of uh, entrepreneurs and startups moving to the area. You know, at the height of it, I think we had like, 15 properties, wow. 30 plus startups. And yeah, I mean, it's just, we, the village grew pretty quickly, uh, all things considered. And, and the and interesting side note, the way we based the village is on the guidelines that Brad Feld put forth in his book, Startup Community, sure. which again, more serendipity, he literally published and released this book right around the same time that all of this village thing was happening. Okay. Um, and so, uh, you know, we get hold of this book, we read it and we go, Oh my God, like this is literally a, a guidebook on how to build this thing that we're trying to build. And one of the, um, you know, one of the, the points that he makes in there is that it's got to be co-led. It's got to be led by entrepreneurs and it can't have hierarchy. You can't have president or vice president or anything like that. It's really got to be co-led by, um, by entrepreneurs. And so that's what we did. And it was all volunteer effort. I mean, literally no one was getting paid. There was no funding. And yet, Here's this vibrant uh, economic development piece for Kansas City um, that's just this very organic grassroots thing. So we realized as the years kind of went by that, like, this is awesome, but it's just not sustainable um, through volunteer efforts only. I mean, we had organizations and individuals that said, man, we'd love to support you, what you're doing with resources or even finances, but you're not even a business. You're just this kind of, you know, mystical um, community, you know, with just this kind of organic nature sure and so um and so we realized like all right in order to get real proactive about what we're doing we've got to get some sort of official capacity uh, you know wrapped around it and so we thought about converting the, the the village to a nonprofit, but we didn't want to lose that organic grassroots nature and we didn't want to introduce red tape or hierarchy or anything like that into this really vibrant um you know organic community so ultimately we decided to start the kansas city startup foundation on the side um, with uh, with the original intent that it would be kind of a, a representative uh, nonprofit for the village. If you want to support the village, you can do so through the foundation. Got you. Okay. No, that that's really cool. So obviously, depending on kind of the different startup villages throughout kind of North America and the world, you guys kind of do different things for startups. Do you maybe want to kind of just give me a quick overview well, maybe not even quick overview, an overview of kind of what exactly the village does for the startups that are in 
um, you know, in the village. And and I'm curious to know, like, um, do you guys like charge them rent or that kind of stuff, right? Like, what exactly do they get and what do they pay and 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 whatnot? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, the village truly is a an entrepreneur led community. Um, it is not, a, you know, again, it's not a business. There's no uh, official organizational capacity to it. Sure. Um, it's really this. It's really this just kind of amorphous thing that ebbs and flows and and kind of just does its thing. I love um, that. I guess a, a good way of, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, we all, that's just the way it works the best. And um, in a way, it's kind of becoming a model for um, for other you know cities and whatnot who, who want this kind of organic um, kind of movement as well. Sure. Um, but, yeah, but, um, yeah, so, like, as far as, like, you can kind of consider the, the Kansas City Startup Village like a living incubator. Okay. So, you know, most people probably – probably listening to this podcast will realize, you know, understand that an incubator is this, um, it's usually an official organization. They have a, a an official me- a network of mentors. They might provide some, some equity or some, or, or some funding to get equity or whatever it might be. Um, the village is kind of a, its own um, supportive incubate, incubation community. And by that, I mean um, the entrepreneurs are in and of themselves, their own network of mentors. So okay, there's a lot of co-learning. Yeah, there's a lot of co-learning. I mean, no one's paid, um, but what happens is, you know, what I don't know, the entrepreneur next to me sure. at, the, at the co-working space or, or across the street might know and vice versa. Sure. So there's a lot of knowledge share um, that happens, which is really fantastic. And as far as like, you know, what they pay, there's no application to get into the village. There's no fees. None of that is involved. We we had quite a few people over the years, you know, submit the, the request, the join request form, and they expect us to say it costs this much a month or this much a year. Uh, and there's sometimes surprise that all we say is, look, you want to be a villager? Just rent a house, buy a house, get a commercial space, and you're a villager. And not only are you a villager, but you're also instantly a co-leader, which means that if you have an initiative or an idea that you think is going to benefit the community and, and help it pro- prosper, go for it. Like, you don't have to ask permission or or anything, you just go for it and, and let us try to help you su- and support you in the in the initiative. That's awesome. So, uh, yeah, so that's neat. And the thing is, like, when it comes to the properties, every property has its own story, its own kind of operational agreement. So, for example, my house, um, I've got three startups in there right now. They each pay you know a bit of rent to to use the space. Um, there, there was another house um, that was literally purchased by two Hallmark VPs um, here in, in Kansas City who just loved what we were doing. They just really got passionate about the community okay. and wanted to support it. They bought a, they bought a house and rented it uh, to a couple startups and had one entrepreneur living there full time. Um, Brad Feld, uh, the gentleman who I spoke about earlier, uh, he actually heard that the village had based itself around his guidelines and principles ends up buying a house in the village um, sight unseen to kind of really? support the movement. Yeah. Yeah. That's I mean, awesome. Talk about a great guy. Sure. Yeah. Really, really cool. Did, has he been down um, like after he bought the house? He has. He's been to KC a few times. Sure. Um, you know, he's super busy and, and super high demand, but he's sure. stayed in his own house. Really? Um, you know, he's visited it. And, um, and there's a, yeah, it's the house has provided amazing value to not only just the entrepreneurs that have lived in, and worked in it, but just the village in Kansas city overall. Sure. Um, and I mean, I could, I could go on and on about all these different stories for each property, but that's what makes it quite unique is that 
you know, there is no uh, total owner of the properties or this kind of overlord by any means. It really, everyone's just independent in, in a way. Right. So how many properties do you guys have currently? So uh, I'm just, I was just doing a count today, actually. So we've got 14 properties oh, wow. uh, that are considered part of the village. Yeah. Wow. So, so how, how, how much, like, I guess, geographical region is that? Like, is it a few blocks? Is it, you know, like a few miles? Um, yeah. So what we, what we did early on, people would say, well, where's the boundary of this village? And okay. well, of course we didn't have one. We just, we just said, you know, it's wherever you got yeah. We just didn't have anything. So, so we realized we're like, okay, the, the power of a startup community like the village is density. Sure. Um, because, you know, the closer in proximity that entrepreneurs and, and startups are to one another, the, the more likely co-learning occurs or, or random serendipitous collisions occur. Totally. And so, you know, we started to notice that even startups that were three or four or five blocks away, really the separation, you really started to feel it. And it was kind of exponential in their distance. Um, so we, we, we kind of outlined an inner zone and an outer zone for the village. So the inner zone is about two blocks in radius okay. um, from, the center, from the center point, and then the outer zone goes about a mile in radius. Got you. Okay, that's still not that and bad, we, though. We, like, they're no, pretty no, close. it's pretty good. We have, yeah, we have a map uh, on the, the village website where you can actually see pins where all the startup properties are and who's in those houses and it really gives a nice visual to, to what I'm talking about. Sure. No, that's awesome. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of curious. You guys are obviously growing. You're doing really well. Where do you guys kind of see the foundation kind of taking the village in the future? Or is you don't really know. You just kind of see where it goes. You know, that's like the, that's like the, the golden question, I, I feel like, because... You know, in Brad's book, he talks about startup communities and those who are co-leading it have to have this kind of continual 20-year vision. Sure. Um, you know, and as, as years pass by, you have to keep looking down the road, like, where is this going? Where are we taking this thing? And, you know, who's involved and what's happening? So we try to do that with the village, but because things happen so quickly and conversations happen and, and you know, serendipitous moments happen that can shift or kind of change direction, we kind of sometimes just have to go with the flow and try to keep the general um, guide or, or growth going in, in, in the right direction. Um, you know, with the foundation, uh, it's interesting because as the organization has emerged, you know, originally it was something that was just really solely going to focus on supporting the village. But we realized that um, here's this awesome organization that can do so much more for Kansas City startup and entrepreneur ecosystem than just support the village. So we really, we're really using the, the Kansas City Startup Foundation to kind of help unify and champion Kansas City's overall startup community and all the stakeholders that play an important part of it. Um, of course, the village is something that we're also always going to champion and try to help grow. You know, I can see the village. Um, I could definitely see more entrepreneurs here. There's certainly a threshold because if you were to see the, if you were to hit, walk around the community, I mean, it's very much, a, you know, it's surrounded by residential neighborhoods. Sure. It's a very small commercial district. You, you don't get tall skyscrapers or huge buildings. So there really is a threshold to not only the number of entrepreneurs and, and startups that it could really support, but even the size of those kind of startup companies. Um, you know, we've had some, a handful that have what we call graduated from the village because they literally created so many jobs and grew in numbers that they, they couldn't, they couldn't fit anymore. That's awesome. So, uh, so they, 
yeah, so they kind of moved on to other startup hubs around Kansas City. Sure. Um, and then, of course, you know, they're replaced by, by smaller ones. So I'd like, to see, uh, I'd like to see more entrepreneurs. I'd like to see more startups. And I'd also like to see, find ways to provide as much value as we can to the startups and entrepreneurs that call the village home. You know, whether that's uh, introductions to investors, whether that's programming or educational pieces, um, I think you know, there's so many different avenues we could go down, but it really comes down to what is it that they want? Or what's the value that they need? Sure. And I, I love your guys' approach to the whole thing and that you're not kind of like you, you don't really have a hierarchy. I think that's that's like a really, really interesting approach to this whole space and kind of what you guys are doing. And I think it's it's really cool. Yeah, I think it's it's one of the the, the things that, that catches most people off guard that visit. You know, we've had, gosh, I'm trying to do the numbers, but at least probably three to 4,000 visitors wow. over the, the years that we've been here. Yeah, I mean, we welcome, we've had uh, foreign delegates from over 85 countries. We've had politicians from senators to congressmen, you know, all the way down. We've had uh, uh, students. We get student groups coming through all the time, and we put on um, entrepreneurship panels so that, they can literally learn from the entrepreneurs themselves what it's like to build and, and start a business. Um, and so, uh, you know, so that's, that's something really magical um, to, to have come to, 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 the, to the village, really. Sure. So, for, like, for obvious kind of, there's obvious reasons why these types of people come, but is it a lot of times they're trying to replicate what you guys are doing in their kind of city or town? Yeah, it really is. I mean, they the question that they leave that they ask most predominantly is how, how do we bring a village to our city? <laughs> you sure. know, how do we, how do we do this thing? Um, you know, and, and, and I guess going kind of back to your last question, when they find out that it's like, there is no hierarchy, there's no president, there's no formal business literally behind this thing. It's this kind of eyes go wide open, but they, they truly want to find out how to bring it. It's, you know, we, we looked up, like we thought, okay, we've got this bill. This must be happening somewhere else like we couldn't this can't be the only place but we really could not find a similar type setup or community um anywhere else that we looked or that we with people that we spoke to and i think eventually we might even put together kind of a our own little guidebook to hey create a village you know start a village in your in your neck of the woods um and and share you know lessons learned and best practices that we've that we've discovered over the years sure no i I think that would be awesome and i think and especially as a lot more cities kind of get fiber, either whether it's from Google or other providers, right? Or just as high-speed internet net gets kind of more popular globally, I think a lot more cities are going to kind of do what you did. Yeah, I think I think so. Um, you know, there's, I mean, gigabit networks is, is a is a fascinating thing in its own right. Uh, I, I really love to see how Google Fiber's, uh, you know, already starting to reverse to other cities. And in a way, we kind of want to work with those cities to see how we can collaborate as digital cities to other digital or gigabit cities to other gigabit cities. Sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, the, the village itself is a, is a very unique thing. And I guess, you know, one thing to note that I really love that has not happened in Kansas City is that no one's tried to own it. You know, sometimes uh, initiatives pop up in startup communities and someone or someone feels though they need to own it. Right. Um, you know, whether it's a corporation or a government entity or, you know, in, investment or whoever it might be feels as though they need to own it. They need to lead it. And no one has ever done that with the village. It's literally, uh, you know, an entrepreneurial community for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. And that's what I think 
it helps keep this very unique flavor and unique uniqueness to it. Sure. No, I, I think that's great. Um, but Matthew, we're kind of coming to the end of the show. So do you maybe want to, again, kind of close um, with just maybe like a quick overview of exactly what you give to the startup and then mention where people can find um, you guys online and and any other social media links you want to mention? Sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, again, like the, the village is all inclusive. Uh, we're open to any type of entrepreneurs that want to base themselves here. Sure. Um, and if anyone's interested in kind of having a chat or wants to learn more about the story or wants some, you know, to ask questions or any advice, like I'm always happy to, to talk with anybody. In fact, one of the things I love the most is connecting with other startup community builders uh, around the country or world just to share, uh, to knowledge share and just to, meet and greet type of thing. So, um, you know, you can, you can contact me, uh, via the, the village website, which is kcsv.org. Okay. Um, if you want more like on the foundation, uh, kcstartupfoundation.org. Um, you know, some other things to really keep your finger on the pulse of what's happening in Kansas city and, and to kind of maybe even get some more, uh, you know, lessons or guidelines or just kind of keep, you know, understand what's happening here. Check out startlandnews.com. That's start landnews.com and it's a digital publication that covers all the innovation that's happening in Kansas City and they do a fantastic job of, of covering what's happening here so really really neat publication that's great man well I, I really appreciate you taking the time under your busy day to be on the show and I look forward to keeping in touch with you and you know seeing where you guys go with this thing because you guys have been on an awesome exciting journey so far and you know, it seems like it's continuing and it's going to be even better in the coming years. Yeah, well, I hey, appreciate being on the show and I, and, I, and I think and I hope you're right. I mean, I feel like the village is always on an upward trajectory and Kansas City's startup ecosystem really is, is the same thing. And so, you know, keep your eye on Kansas City and if you want to find out more, if you're ever in town, like definitely reach out. We love going to get barbecue with visitors. Sure, man. <laughs> that sounds awesome. Cool. All right, man. Well, you have a good rest of the day. We'll talk soon. Okay. Okay. Thanks, Kevin. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. The music for the show is done by Electric Mantra. You can check them out at electricmantra.com and keep them in the future.